This episode is dedicated to Chris Town, the man that we always said we were going to get on, but never really got onto the podcast. Hello, good people, and welcome to episode 5 of season 10 of the Runzak Beer Collective. And I have trouble with those numbers, I have those trouble with all numbers. So, I am Chris Shorten, with me is Paul Christoph. Good evening. And joining me is, or joining us, is someone that you probably haven't heard the voice of in, well, we think it's from 2015. I um, believe so. Um, it's, the, it's the young Gareth Humphreys. Hello, good people. The and original... The, the original special guest. Exactly. The, our, well, I, he must be our first special our guest. first I mean, special guest. I mean, I know Ben was in there, but I think, Gareth, you were our first special guest. I believe I, believe I pepped him by possibly one episode. Yeah, yeah. That, take that. That, 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 would, that would make sense. I think, were you the... I, you, you've got a better memory than I have. <laughs> um, but did you uh, buy end up buying us all, like, pints of um, Bad Boy Bubbly at one point? That's bound to have happened. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, not lucky to remember such an key. No, I just have an odd recollection of that from season one, where um, you suddenly appeared and it's like, uh, and you, I said to you, "Well, what the fuck is this?" And you, and you just look at me as, as bad boy bubbly, and you know, because it was only it was only like in small champagne flutes or something, and because of your rules, then that you'd got it in hot glass. Well, we step up, yeah. Yeah, I think that was you, but I'm not as sure as I was when I started talking. About this. It, Look, that sounds like the kind of thing I do. I'm not going to lie. No, no, it, it's, it seems predictable, um, which is bad, of course. But, okay, so since we spoke to you last, you've been... There's a good reason we haven't yeah. had him on the podcast for a few years. Because we're lazy, yes. really, really lazy. But beyond that, you've been travelling the entire universe. Uh, most of the universe, the mm. known universe at least. Well, that doesn't get us very far. Yeah. I think I did a quick tally, and I think I've been to 27 countries since I last saw you all. Holy shit. I won't bore you with the actual names, but mm. there's a few. But do they end in Stan? Uh, at least two of them do. That's awesome. So, uh, uh, well, I mean, the, the weird part about being... Um, we all tend to run to our, I suppose, our safe, the safe spots in terms of, like, you know, I was, when I travelled earlier in the year, I was in Portland and Oregon, and it was like, yes, this, this is a very safe beer location. Um, I mean, Paul branched out to Iran. Um, not a safe time. beer location. No, it's a very safe non-alcoholic beer location. Yeah. But I feel like you've probably knocked on the doors of a lot of places that don't really normally... Um, uh, They're not on the yeah. craft beer map. Yeah, absolutely. I've had some very dreadful beers, <laughs> especially some of the um, the Islamic countries. You know, beer is mm. obviously not a big thing there. Mm. It's a place like Egypt and Jordan. I mean, you can find beer, of course, but it's, it's seldom very good. <laughs> well, what, what? All right, t- tell us some stories. What have you found? Um, well, like you say, many places don't have a big beer culture. Mm. So, especially in Asia, you, know, you go to these places and there's like there's two or three beers, and you know, beer is synonymous with Chang mm. or something. You, just, you always get, you, know, you just ask for a beer and get whatever the local lager is. Mm. Obviously, that's different out here. Mm. I found that of all places in Kyrgyzstan, that wasn't the case at all. Kyrgyzstan? Yeah, um, it's on the border between Uzbekistan and China and Kazakhstan. Which probably doesn't help you at all. Okay, I know roughly that area because only because I've, I've been on the border of um, 
um, Russia and Kazakhstan and Mongolia. Okay. What, what's something from Kyrgyzstan called? Kyrg? Kyrgy. Kyrgy. Yeah. That's kind of cool. They are um, much like a, much like a corgi, which is not actually that's not cool at all. Uh, I probably wouldn't call them a corgi. No, no, I epic, I epic failed there. As you were, <laughs> um, it was interesting to go there because you'd walk into the corner shop and there'd be mm. a fridge full of beer, mm. and every beer, every shop would be different. And I mean, How most was... of it was kind of Russian Baltica stuff, mm. but they had honey beers, they had imperial stouts, they had IPAs, they had everything in there. How was uh, it, it? It kind of baffles when you sort of think about it abstractly and you sort of say to yourself, okay, so so there are th- uh, hundreds of tiny distributors and nobody's fighting for anyone else's ground here. They're just sort of trying to get beer into fridges. Well, I guess were they Kyrgyz beers or were, they, were there a lot of Russian so beers? They were primarily Russian beers. Because we've was... discussed how mm. Russia has an amazing, not, well, not mm. obviously, but Russia has an amazing craft beer scene a lot of mm. Russians that have spent time learnt brewing in the US mm. for you know amazing you know West Coast IPAs and the whole range of styles beyond yeah. Russian imperial stouts coming out of Russia but you just don't really see them here yeah. the ones I found were ultimately all owned by Baltica which is the Russian version of CUB Oh, okay, because you, you'd sort of said that offhand and I sort of like nodded and smiled and thought yeah yeah I, I, I'm sure I'm sure right. I'll work out what that means that's a name I'm supposed to know yes <laughs> Yeah, I, and when I was in Russia, you know, it's mm. Baltica Number no. Nine is the mm. beer that you drink wherever you are. Well, I, I distinctly remember in Russia looking for a beer that um, was on all the um, posters, but I couldn't find it in any of the bars. There was just some sort of pilsner that I think that they were promoting the fuck out of, and they never got anywhere with. I suspect, like here, you know, they have Baltica taps. You know, mm. If you're a pub, you. Yeah, yeah. You stop Baltica beer, and you're not allowed anything else. And if Putin runs it, who knows? Well, the question yeah. is, who who owns Baltica? Yeah. Are they? Are, are they? Are they, uh, are they? Um, AB and Bev? Is AB and Bev or the KGB? <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, they, they both involve initials. KGB, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry. Look, I mean, they're, they're listening anyway. I mean, we're in the back uh, in the beer garden of the Owl House. We've got it all to ourselves, except for the next door. If you can see the sky, it means the satellite can see you. Exactly. So um, Unless you're wearing your tinfoil hat. Carlsberg. Really? Yep. 38% of market share. But and wh- Carlsberg is actually independent. Well, Carlsberg is not independent. I mean, it's listed on the stock exchange, but it is a um, not owned by anyone else. Of course, I'm yeah. saying that. Carlsberg make terrible beers. Baltic is the second largest brewing company in Europe hmm. and has 38% market share in Russia. Who's the biggest? The biggest brewing company in Europe. Uh, got to be, yeah, got to be Heineken. Mm. Yeah, you would assume so. That's a fun piece of trivia. Actually, that's a good question for you. Um, so you know, of course, that Heineken purchased Lagunitas. Yes. Did you see any Lagunitas? Yes, a lot. Um, I think in Spain mostly. I'm trying to cast my mind back, but I I saw and noticed. A very disproportionate amount of Lagunitas all over the show, possibly even in London, in places with yeah. traditional craft beer places, and just seeing, you know, the standard taps and then Lagunitas, mm. and kind of going, what's that doing here? Yeah. And by the time you've seen it the sixth or seventh <laughs> time, you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't understand anything anymore. And then someone mentioned Heineken, I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah. makes sense. That. All right, so where else did you go? Um... In terms of beer, I think Portugal was one of the actually 
the most surprising and exciting places. Superbok. <laughs> Superbok. No, I'm just. No, I'm just. So you said <laughs> Portugal. I have many fun oh. memories that involve Superbok. <laughs> wait, 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 what is Superbok? You have, you have to, so you have to stake your claim when you're watching. You're either a Superbok person or a Sagres person. Yes, no, that's very right. much in the Superbok. I, I, the, 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 these all right. just seem like made-up words I would find in a um, Roald Dahl novel. What, what is Superbok and whatever the other one is? Well, it's like regular Bok, only Super. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, what um, is it? Is so, it? you know, you're right. Sagres and Superbok mm. are the two... The CUB and yeah. the Lion. Yeah, yeah. They're the two lagers you'll find. Ah. One or the other in every pub you go to. Yeah, the two competing, there are lots. So I think two you competing have, um, horses. Superbok, you know, if you're outside of Portugal, it's just like the, you know, red, the standard Superbok. Mm. And then you go to Portugal and it's like all these different coloured Superboks. You're like, oh my God, like, it's amazing. So many Superboks. Wait, what do they all taste the same? No, they're, you know, Superbok super Stout and Superbok oh. But I thought the, I was hoping the colours made The branding's quite consistent. It's the colour of okay. the if you've ever been to uh, Nando's, you've probably had Superbok. Yep. Oh. I don't know. Maybe you've never been to Nando's. But in which I, case, you should go to Nando's. I, I, I'll go there right now. Um, and I've also been stung by mosquitoes. Let's not bring that up. Um, so, what was good about Portugal? Um, there's a really good budding craft beer scene there. Mm. So it's not... I mean, it's not like it is in Australia where craft beer is a thing. But mm. there are... You can find places. And there are... I think in like three or four places in Porto, which I do a really good beer. Mm. There are some, so it's still small enough that it's a community, it's a small mm. clique. And so you go to one of these places and they go, oh yeah, this is brewed by my friend who lives over mm. the way, or, oh yeah. Or I went to one beer, which I found on maps, had mm. some drinks there, and the guy there was like, oh, are you here for the weekend? Sure, why not? Um, shuffles around, here, go to this bar on Saturday night. Uh, a, br- a new brewery is launching there. So obviously, yeah. I went there on Saturday night. The, it does feel more and more like Melbourne, the way you word this. Yeah, yeah. And so while I'm there, I check in the beer, got chatting mm. to a guy. Next thing, some guy walks over, and it's the brewer. And he's like, oh, I saw you checked in. Um, mm. You were asking about the yeast. I used this specific strain. And just answered my my untipped musings <laughs> in person. Which is brilliant. There you go. I think that's really funny. That always cool. happen? You put something in untapped, and mm. then someone was just there? Yeah, yeah. That... And and the amount of times as we uh, as we like learned this weekend where um um uh, uh, so this this episode has been recorded um uh, uh, earlier than when it's been released, but um we chatted with uh, James from Bright um and he, and he added us on ta- on Untapped and suddenly it's like okay he's watching now he's watching our chickens now. Well, interesting. We yeah. get we get back to the um combination mm. and Gareth is like James from Bright has just added me as a friend on yeah. untap so like we didn't yeah. even mention you in the podcast <laughs> so I was like what's this who's this guy James Bright oh they must be yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> he's like oh did you mention me it's like no no <laughs> he's just stalking he's all just of stalking us. us it's fair enough really I would stalk us so I'm having trouble finding out who the largest brewery in Europe is but I think an, un- an unexpected uh, SEO is um if you type in Lives Brewery in Europe, the second article that comes up, it's like, oh, second Lives Brewery in Europe? That's probably interesting. So, no, it's a massive article by guys that help them install their um, data warehousing and software oh, wow. solution when they uh, <laughs> Baltica took over a few breweries. It's like, so, they've probably got an SEO. It tells me nothing good. about the brewery <laughs> at all. But, but well done. It means people aren't really, really writing articles about them. Capacity, though, you'd never get this. The largest... Um, Heineken is the largest brewery in Europe, mm. but um, Oberon Private Joint Stock Company. Who? 
Yeah. With the what? Their main plant in Kiev, Ukraine, is the largest brewing facility in Europe by installed capacity. Oh, wow. As of 2008. You know, As a single, a single site. Yeah, that facility was Europe's largest single beer manufacturer in terms of physical volume. And uh, yeah, it's still there on Wikipedia, oh. still seems to be the largest. Yeah, mm. do never, they, never heard of them, right? Do, do they contract free? Do they actually have a label, a brand? Well, yeah, um, products and market share. Six brands, Oberlon, Oberlon Beer Mix, Magnat, Hike Premium Beer. That's all the Korean case. one, isn't it? Hike? No, it's Hike. Uh, yes. Zybert and for Descent. The, for those just tuning in, uh, this Oh, is, they make Kavas. Uh, oh, uh, th- th- this yeah. is Paul and Gareth destroying, uh, <laughs> destroying slash exploring a Wikipedia page devoted yeah. to who owns what. They account for 80% of all Ukrainian beer exports. Wow. Most of its exports are supplied to Russia. They also supply to China. All right, flipping this back. Very interesting. Um, Very interesting. Uh, Gareth, give me one more um, country of origin. Um, we can talk about the bad experiences if you like. I think bad was bad is important. I mean, yeah. we are we are um, you know bad drinkers. So. Yeah. I think Egypt was probably the worst beer I had while I was away. Was it actually? Was it alcohol? Yeah. Well, yes. Um, I mean, not all Muslims don't drink. That's mm. that's a guideline. Mm. So there's still a bit of an appetite there, but no one really. There's not yeah. a big market for it. We um. I still don't know where the beer shop is, actually. I went to, um, I was in a guest house near the pyramids, mm. having dinner there. And the guy's like, oh, if you want anything to drink, let us know. Oh, do you mm. have any beer? No, no, we can't sell beer. But if you like, I can send one of the boys to the shop. <laughs> so I gave them, you know, my 20 Egyptian mm. pounds or whatever. And sort of 10 minutes later, he run back with this bag with four different beers in it. No idea where they went to get it. <laughs> I, I explored the area, and there was nothing that looked remotely like a beer shop. So. Um, well, what were they like? Were they, were they local beers? Were they... Uh, yeah, they were all brewed in Egypt. Mm. They were all universally terrible. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we talking they're all um, attempts at Russian imperial stats? No, no. They were all lagers of a sort. But, you know, the lager that tastes like dishwater. Oh. Um, there was one that wasn't extra strong, which I think just means they pour, you know, cleaning mm. alcohol into up the ABV <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Or something worse than that. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I don't want to know what the worst is. So if you've been to Egypt and you actually have enjoyed a good Egyptian yeah. beer, let us know. Yeah. Are we unfair, unfairly disparaging the Egyptian beer culture? We, we, beer we, only, we only know very little. Or is it really that bad? Yeah. And the other obvious question is, if you can find out where this store is that sells this beer. <laughs> beer shop near yeah. the pyramids. Yeah, yeah. Please, let, please let us know. We'll gladly like um, put a City Lane article up about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll fly someone over there. Exactly. We'll, we'll expend our entire um, travel budget on um, finding the one beer shop in <laughs> Egypt. So the other thing we should talk about is we have uh, we are we've been sipping three beers from who, who Melvin. Melvin. So we got, to the, the we got to the Owl House Melvin. and um, there's four beers on tap by Melvin and we'd never heard of them. Melvin never, um, never heard of us. So they're Rasses. from Wyoming and. Here and Grape and Grain, and I think mm-hmm. possibly one other place had the Australian launch on Saturday, so yesterday. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I've spent a fair bit of time in the States <laughs> over the past two years, and I've not heard of them. No, no, no. I mean, their website here Great American Beer Festival, Small Brew Pub and Brewer of the Year. According to who? The, 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 themselves. Mm. Um, so they, about, they print up the stickers and everything. Their about page. This Wait. is the beginning of your wonderful new. Kung Fu friendship between our brew family and all beer lovers alike. 
What is a kung fu friendship? I have no idea. It sounds dangerous. Yeah. Talk of I, maybe I don't the friendship that like Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris had. They, I mean, they, one of them had they, to go they, eventually. They, they, they only met each other once, right? Yeah. And and one of them was off screen and cut. So talk of Melbourne <laughs> began on the Californian West Coast, but the heart of Melbourne started beating in the small mountain town of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. With big ideas and even bigger barrels of hops, Melvin now takes off in the hands of uh, co-founder field hoperative Jeremy Toft, <laughs> co-founder slash head donkey Kirk McHale, and head production brewer Dave Chichura. Let's go to it. Let's get to it. Tie Me Up Restaurant, the original home of Melvin Brewing, was also known for its world-class beer. Melvin is now expanding from a 3 BBL to a 30 BBL system after winning two medals at the World Beer Cup earlier this year. A gold in the Imperial Indian Pale Ale category for its 2x4 and a bronze in the Fruit Beer category for its ch-ch-ch-ch-cherry bomb. Changes, unfortunately. That's... So, um... They have a lot to say. Small brewery... So the World Beer Cup, that's like the Beer Olympics, isn't it? Yeah. The Beer Olympics. Yeah. My apologies. And my portmanteau is weak. We're not drinking it cool. now, but we did see the two by four mm-hmm. on tap, so I think that is which, certainly which we'll get to at the end of this. One we'll have to get to. Um, I didn't see the ch- 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 cherry bomb there. No, I didn't see that either. But what are we drinking now? We all get now? a reference after we listened to the song last night. Cherry bomb. Yeah, it's got it's got it's got Joan Jett in the band, but it's not Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Well, but that was a song on Guardians of the Galaxy. It's also often played at Cherry Bar. Oh, well, that would make sense. Um, so which one are we drinking then? This is the Killer Bees. It's an American blonde. Okay. Right, um, yes. the, the Killer Bees does sort of feel like the Mr. Burns, um... Yes. Yeah. I believe there is a, a beer out there called the Dogs with Bees in Their Mouth, and when they bark they shoot bees at you. Oh God, I want to drink that beer. It's probably <laughs> terrible, but it's got a great name. Yeah. That's so, um, clean, smooth, slow motion, easy drinking, honey. The palate cleanser extraordinaire. Perfect for mowing your unwatered lawn, sipping in the shower, or fishing on a Sunday. Low in alcohol but high in enjoyment, this beer will not yet let you down. And if it does, give it a good talking to. Dear enjoyer, our award-winning honey ale starts as an American blonde. We then add around 8 pounds of light clover honey per BBL. The honey adds a sweet, subtle sweetness and a light honey nose. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It would be a great shower beer. I'm well, on board with that. It is. It's a very palate cleansing beer. But do other people agree with that assessment? Um, well, it's averaging three point five six. Okay, that. On um, so people would drink it again. Seven and a half thousand. People aren't thinking much more than that. But um, let's see what people say. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Simon at Brewdog Dundee. Sweet honeycomb liquidness. Three point five. Garth R at the Bowling Green West Temp. I just love that there's someone named Garth. That'll keep me going for days. High quality, straight ahead blonde. 3.5. It's definitely straight ahead. Molly H at Bali's Brew Hub. Um, oh, no comment. Uh, JP at Glass Creek. Easy drinker. 3.5. Um, Sweet honeycomb liquidness. All right, give me one more because we have two more beers to drink. Chris K, location um, undisclosed. A good session beer, goes down easy, could be smoother or sweeter, but not bad. 
3.75. All right. Um, what do we think about this? I mean, I'm giving it a 3.5. I think pretty much all those... It could be sweeter thing I don't agree with. Uh, my comment is actually... Um, the, the, sweet the sweetness is good. Like yeah. You can taste there's honey in there, but it doesn't taste sweet. It's, a, it's certainly not a sweet beer, yeah. but I don't think you want it to be, do no. you? I think, so I think that honey, honey, um, it's got exactly the right amount of honey in there. Like I said, you can taste honey, but it's not too sweet. But it's not... It's not particularly special, but... Um, Yuck, it's it's a nice beer. Like it, it's very sessionable. You could it's meant to be in a can. You could you know you could drink a f- smash a few of these in a can mm-hmm. on a Sunday know. doing one of the many activities they describe. So yeah. possibly it's, showering while mowing the lawn. Yeah, which Stra- would be fucking impressive. Straight down the yeah. line, three point five. It's a good beer. Look, I can't argue with that. I mean, would you? It would, would make for great content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I prefer to argue where I can, but yeah. I think I think he's got it right. Three point five. No, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, it's. It's a 3.5, simple as that. There's nothing more to say. Which, of course, means that we need to move on to the next beer. And we are back. And we're back, and we're with a beer that... Well, I can tell you what this beer is, mostly because I went off, went off to the bar and got it. But it is... It is from Melvin as well, but it's called the Melvin IPA, which is a stupidly uncreative um, name. But it's the Melvin Melvin. Yeah, it's a Melvin Melvin. The Melvin, du- Melvin. Double Melvin. It's Melvin like Square. The Ferrari, the Ferrari. Exactly. Ah, yes. <laughs> wait, wait. What's a that Ferrari? That is a real thing. What? Yeah. The what Ferrari, the? La Ferrari. Ferrari is came about three years ago now. Called La Ferrari. Why? Was that's the tri- that's like the tribute car, wasn't it? No, that was the Ferrari Enzo. No, it was the Enzo. Yeah. This is just a car. But but was a Ferrari, is a Ferrari Ferrari? Um, uh, yes, you, you're friends of Collective. We all go off topic. <laughs> yeah, we're um, closer to closer to the top beer now. Yeah. Um, but oh shit! Um, is a LaFerrari meant to be a like meant to be a depiction of what people assume a Ferrari to be like? I can't remember. I have to watch a Top Gear episode. Yeah. Well, they were yeah they were still Top Gear at that stage. Before yeah. the endless racism and sexism got them down. Well, not before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It was it was there throughout. Anyway, so we're we're drinking the Melbourne IPA. Has everyone had a sip? Yes. Yes. Um, what what are our first impressions? Um, it, it, the first thing I noticed is the nose, the smell. It tastes like, like a. What tastes like a six? Tastes like a West Coast IPA. Mm. Yeah. I think their story checks out about yeah the idea was born on the west coast. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite big for an IPA. It could almost be imperial. Um, what is the ABV? Good question. Because it tastes heavy. It tastes like you know seven point five. Okay. You it's... can't always get what you want. Ooh, a five dot. Five dots. Five dot ellipsis. You mean an ellipsis it's... plus two full stops? Ellipsis plus two full stops. Yeah, I, I can't I can't abide by that. I'll be in the next room. You can't always get what you want. But sometimes you get lucky. It's all about the right hops at the right time. This is how Melvin grew up and for some reason grew up is capitalized. Fruity, intense, and intense is capitalized and that comes after a comma. <laughs> but not bitter like the rest of them. As long as you don't take advantage, we think this is the hoppiest relationship you could ask for. But there's a few things wrong with that paragraph. It's almost as bad as the last paragraph. That was Both, pretty bad I mean, too. Yeah. There's bad grammar. Well, their their about lies. page was terrible. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you said Chris, you said you once helped brewers with their yeah, labels yeah. and yeah, 
you know, copyright on their websites because a lot of them mm-hmm. aren't fantastic at it. I think this is possibly one of the best breweries we've... Um, Something See, I like um, about this is, of course, it says, you know, we think this is the hoppiest relationship you could ask for, except for their Imperial that's also on tap, which is presumably <laughs> much hoppier. <laughs> Shit. Much more um, description will be for that. Melvin, get in touch if you want some help. Yeah, clearly um, <laughs> clearly not uh, big on the old... Um, <laughs> Our rates are very the reasonable. Uh, writing there. Reverence <laughs> for chumps. Anyway. Anyway, it is a delicious beer. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, probably all we actually about care this. about. <laughs> um, they clearly know how to brew. We're just pedantic suckers, all right? And pedants. Which is a sign. Anyway, go on. Um, <laughs> um, what are people saying about it? Tom C, not Cruz, I assume. But what if it was? Location undescribed, but he has exactly. a bottle. So it could be Tom Cruise. And he's reading a book that um, at least has good wine, comma, something. Maybe good wine, good beer. Who knows? Mm. And the colour of the spine of his book matches the colour of the Melbourne bottle label. Good, good, good wine, a good, a good Scientology. But interestingly, is it a Christmas party? Because his comment is, good beer at this Christmas party. Um, four stars. Oh, be, oh, it's in a can, actually, not a bottle. Cause... I'd be happy as fuck if I got this at a Christmas party. Right. Yeah, who else have we got? We've got um, Simon at... Oh, same old Simon at Brewdog Dundee. Oh, I'm not going to read you that again. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, you know, nothing wrong with him, but... The, um... He gets a lot of Guernseys. The consensus seems to be, it's fine. Decent IPA, but nothing special. Yeah. Neil L, at American Bar and Grill. Wyoming represent, 3.5. Mm. That's kind of cool. Although I don't know enough about Wyoming to really know what Well, I did guess sincere. the uh, capital. Oh, that's true. Um, um, Cheyenne. Cheyenne, yeah. It was the capital of which state? And yeah. I guessed Wyoming. Um. People from Miami, um, please let us know how we've butchered that pronunciation, as yeah. two old people did. Sorry to all yeah. Native to, to, Americans. Yeah. yeah, I'm really sorry. Um, uh, all right, give me a few more people. Mark W., Scarborough, Southborough, Massachusetts. Um, an appropriate IPA from the Rocky Mountains in Wyoming. Oh, hi, Molly Ann and Garrick's Save the Day. Purchased at Trader Joe's. That's what I love. You can buy it at a supermarket. 3.75, that was also in a can. Sweet, sweet cans. Mm. Josh just likes it. He just thinks it's really delicious. Fair enough. Good word, Josh. No, uh, no, gosh, this is uh, not, not in English. We're finding that a lot. I guess with a lot of these beers, it's well, they travel. not unsurprising is that when Australia gets launched, they've also recently launched mm, in mm. you know many countries. Yeah. And of course, a beer like this is strong enough that it would travel well. Steve S, Brewdog Dundee. There's a photo of his beer in a brew dog and a woman in the background. And his comment says, the wife and a wee beer selection with a proper ellipses. Mm. Four stars. And correct capitalization too. Yeah. Very, that. Good work, buddy. We're good proud work. of you. We like your stuff. It seems to have been um, launched in Japan recently too. Yeah, a lot of Japanese in a few, yeah, comments. So very well, recently. And these are all, like, we've been scrolling through a lot mm. and we're still in the last 24 hours. It's pretty great. So this beer is... That they've clearly kicked up and kicked things up a notch. I guess it may have been time to have been a global, mm-hmm. simultaneous global launch of their beers outside of... But how have they got the capacity to do that? Well, what, did you, what was their about thing? So they're going from th- 3 to 30? Yeah. yeah. Maybe else. They've yeah. just recently... Yeah. Will we see their beers here again? I'm not sure. Uh, you never know. I mean, Almanac. Remember, Almanac yeah. was a similar story. They weren't really available outside of the Bay Area. Mm. We saw there was a 12-tap takeover at the Ale House. First time mm-hmm. they've been on. Mm-hmm. And now, 
They're everywhere. You can get the beers anywhere. It's craft beer. You can always find a few almanac beers. All right, then what do we think about um, the Melbourne Melbourne? Um, I don't like the name. No, I, I, like I, the beer. I, I don't name... like the blurb. <laughs> but it's good that we're getting the negatives out of the way early. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Um, I love the smell. That's the, my favourite thing about it. It's just... <laughs> Hits you. Mm. As soon as you take that sip, it's the first thing you notice. It's good as a taste. I like the good piney, resiny hoppiness. Not overly done. Mm. It's a good solid WC IPA. Yeah, right. I um, score. Oh yes. Um, I um, think three point seven five. I can't go as far as four, but it's it is better than the last one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I I agree a hundred percent. It's. It's one of those interesting things. So now that we know it is a straight down the line West Coast IPA, it has all the you know the citrusy, piney hops. It's it's tasting very fresh. Um, and I know Alex would have when he gets these sorts of beers on, he sort of insists on that. So this will be this will be tasting yeah, yeah. as good as it would taste if you got it on tap. Exactly. In Wyoming, um, it's interesting because knowing what the beer is, when we always when we talk about Nipahs, mm. we rate the Australian Nipahs, and you kind of like, do I rate this against mm. Australian Nipahs, or do I rate these against the ones in the States? This is the same sort of thing. So if this was, you know, any Australian brewery that had released this, mm. I'd probably be giving it a 4, maybe even 4.25. But mm. I'm rating it as an American brewery, brewing yeah. a West Coast IPA, and I'm, yeah, like 3.75. It's not doing anything special, but it's a damn fantastic West Coast IPA, like... If someone asked you what a West Coast IPA was, you give them this. It's really good. I'm not quite as... I I, I think I, it's very different to the last beer, and I love West Coast IPAs, but it's only a 3.5 for me. It's just, it's just really heavy to drink. And don't get me wrong, I know that's a trait in some respects, but it's... A, it, to me, it feels like it's a lot of work to drink for. Um, it's certainly not sessionable. No, no, but I've. Uh, it's not meant to be. But I, I, I guess, mm. I, I guess, some, um, for something that's only like a seven percent. Only a seven and a half percent. Well, for something that's only a seven percent, it kind of drinks as if it's a um, like nine or so. Actually, I, I agree with that. It like, does feel like a nine. That and that that's that would put me off it. That would like not make me buy another one. I don't think I think, I think it's the other way around. I think it's when we've been having a lot of beers and we're saying it hides the alcohol well. Oh, it's you know we're saying it's you know seven and a half percent, but it doesn't taste it. it doesn't taste it. I think it's actually. Mm. I think we, you, I think what you're saying is actually showing that you've conditioned yourself lower now. <laughs> you expect you expect <laughs> beers to not taste as boozy as they are. Mm. So we get to that stage where we're saying, oh, you know, it's only a, we're drinking. 4.8% mm. beers last night and they're not that boozy. Like, I think this is what a 7.5% beer should taste like. I think it's more that a lot of beers that are coming out in that 7 to 8% mm. range aren't as boozy as they don't taste as boozy as you think they should be. That's a good point. People, I asked for conflict, I got conflict. <laughs> um, so, on that note, I think we should move on to our last and our super special beer that apparently is really good and right beer. Beer. So, have you ever been to a bar and someone says to you, oh, th this is the beer you have to have, like you've, n uh, you've got no choice, this, this beer will blow you away, and then that you foolishly believe them? 
this is that moment. So, what is this beer? It is the uh, gold medal winning 2x4 double IPA from Melbourne. Uh, am I the only one who, not, not me to put down Melbourne, um, just the gold medals in general? Am I the only one who, when they look uh, when they look at, like, say, the gold medals on wine bottles, instantly say, yeah, you guys just printed that up yourself? I, I usually assume that's the case. Yeah. Well, my favourite is how every, you know, the worst lager in every country has won many, you know, <laughs> yeah. gold medals and is internationally recognised and world famous and all that business. This, this is a big beer. 9.9% ABV, 100 IBUs. 100? 100 IBUs. It's also the most expensive beer on tap. That's a fuzzy term yeah. anyway. But. So um, I think what these guys are writing that we're saying is really poorly written is actually what's on their cans. Based oh. on a highlight comment here. Which is... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, clearly one uh, of their most purchased uh, beers. M- Melvin, if you're listening. That's um, 41k check-ins. Okay. Um, so far, but so people have drank the damn thing. People, people are drinking it, and it's averaging four point one seven. So people are liking it. But um, two by four has a stupid amount of hops, layered on a light malt base that gives way to notes of pine, citrus, and tropical fruit. While there are many great beer styles from the past, think of this as a beer from the future. Is that it? Yeah. It's double barreled. Oh, so it's also on at Mr. West's. I like Mr. West. I was saying, I think there are other venues. But, so, alright, our first impressions. Um, it's, it's, that's what it says on the box, our favourite term there. But, um, it's, it's, it's a double IPA. It's, it doesn't smell as nice. Uh, You can't, when you smell it, you don't taste the, um, when you you smell it, you don't get those. There's no real rubber at all. Um, sort of, uh floral tropical notes that you did with the previous one mm, mm. but um, yeah when you drink it it's right. strong it, yeah. it, the 100 IBU surprises me but I think 90 would not have surprised me it's uh, really it, it's really juicy like it's but it's not it doesn't have that sick sort of resiny mm. um, I genuinely don't um, know enough about the IBU scale to really comment as to what should be one versus the other. Well, I think it's a, I, I think it's a bit I think it's a bit of a dick measuring contest to be honest. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. To dick measuring, like when McKellar released that one thousand IBU mm. beer, and everyone's like, "What's the point?" Mm. But then you get other beers that have a truckload of IBUs, but then you can't taste it because they're actually a stout. And yeah. I think it's very gameable. I think it's not about the actual bitterness; it's about how many hops you use. Mm. So you can use a weaker hop. And a fuck ton of them. Yeah. Nice girl on this podcast. Yeah, of course. Uh, fuck you. Fucking awesome. So yeah, I think you know, they do that and they... And that, that gives them the right to say, oh, 100 IBUs. But in effect, it's it's mm. just a lot of very it's, weak. It's about but, six IBUs. Yeah. There's a dry hop, there's a wet hop. There's so many... Indeed, yeah. I think there's it, just so many it, variables. Is that, it hop hop? I think hop-hop. IBU... But I think we're... But to be fair, I don't think they're using that as a... They're not using that as a selling point. Mm. That was a couple of years ago where everyone was just trying to be IBU, IBUs. I don't think anyone really cares anymore. Oh, yeah, because they built that... Who, who made that zero IBU beer? Probably um, Brewdog. No, it was um, Tallboy and Moose made a zero IBU beer. Oh, of course. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was um, recently. Yeah. And I never got to have it, but apparently it, um, uh, someone told me it was... Um, they reckon it was actually just 20 IBU. What's so that? they just knocked the two off. Yeah. 
This is it fell off of the watch. Exactly. Yeah. So this, this is a hundred IBU. Maybe they just maybe they could just knock off the um, um <laughs> the one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, okay, okay, okay. So what are people saying about this? So I'm a good friend who we've never actually met or know anything about, Michael Helm. Hey, Mike. So he was at Grape and Grain yesterday, and he had all of the beers. Mm. But um, this was his favorite. Well, this is what I can tell his favorite. Big Boy Delicious Dipper Four and a Half. Huge score there from old Helmsy. Mm. I assume that's what his friends call him. Uh, look, one of these days we're going to find out. Hi, it's on, Michael, it's on tap. They've definitely launched it in Japan because it's on tap at Mikel Tokyo right now. Is it big in Japan? It is big in Japan. Big in Japan. Thank you, Tom White. Alphaville. No, I'm sticking with Tom White. <laughs> his version is way more fun. Um, but did he say big in Japan as many times as Alphaville did? I'm not Towards sure. the end of the song, every second word is big in, every second set of words is big in Japan. This is a conversation for offline, so, but I wonder if you're doing it. Every second, third, and fourth word yeah. is like in Japan. We, we discovered yesterday that um, Forever Young is not the only song that Alphaville has released. No, they released a second hit called um, Big in Japan. But, and then I countered that with um, um, a great Tom White song from Mule, Varia- Mule Variations from 99 is called Big in Japan. And it's, it's essentially him taking the piss out of um, people being uh, big in Japan. I would counter with Guano Wipe's song, Big in Japan, which is just about non-Asians going to Asia and being big. Oh! No, is that a metal song? No, it's not. No! And if you're going to counter that further, then you've got Spinal Tap's song, um, and how that they were about to break up until they realised that their biggest record was big in, like, big in Japan. It's almost gone full circle, isn't it? I know, it's weird. And although Spinal Tap is the only one that's made up there. Uh, anyway, sorry, where were we? I don't even know. Um, tell me what people say about uh, this. Steve, Steve Muck. Not MC, because the C is small, so Steve Muck. And um, Farmstead Flatbread. You also purchased the beer at Farmstead Flatbread. See, I was hoping that was like a fake ch- uh, fake location check-in. No, it's, like a, I do. Uh, it's a pizza place in uh, Queensbury, New York State. Snap. 1066 US Route 9, Queensbury, New York. What's he got to say about it? Well, now Untapped is being uh, temperamental, of course, because I'm... Here we go. <laughs> Yum, sweet with hints of orange and perhaps clove. Full of flavour. Again. Yum. Exclamation mark. Smiley face emoji. 4.5. Well, since we're one up, upping each other, you thought your location was good. I've got Adam P in the Puffin Smoke Shop. Oh, that's pretty cool. Apparently he's drinking the 2 by 4 In a can as well. In a can. He says it's a uh, piney, sweet and juicy, double the IPA, double the goodness. <laughs> um, give me a few more, people. Mark L. Damien, Damien with the assist, 4.25. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume they're watching a, um, like an NRL game. Sorry, not an NRL. NFL. Um, NFL well, was, was Alex our assist in choosing this? Well, exactly. Well, um, Cheryl at the Falling Rock t- Tap House. Wow. No score, though. Well, what a doofus. Rude. All right. If I ever meet Cheryl... Chris T. Not Chris Town, though. There's another Chris T? Another Chris T. Awkward. Who knew? Excellent Dipper. 4.25. Rick H. at Paradise by the Slice. Good. Full stop. Strong! Exclamation mark. Four stars. We we just got Rick rolled there. Did, did, Did we see Sean K? No. At a Pioneer Tavern, snow daying it like Hexor Jim Duggan. 
three, three or four exclamation marks in? Three exclamation marks, but four and a half stars. I gave three exclamation marks. All right, uh, what do we think about this, people? Um, I'm going to give this 4.25. This is easily the best of the three beers we've had. It's everything a double IPS should be. You can tell why it's their most awarded beer. It's just, you know, nothing, nothing fancy on the interesting flavors or things, but it's, 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 it's really good. I really like this. If you walk back up to the bar now and you've had time for one more beer, you choose this one? No, it's, it's, I, you only want one of these mm. because it's, you know, almost 10%. <laughs> But it's um it's yeah it's it's a special beer is the kind of, it's it's really good it's I wish I wish that instead of focusing on Nipahs, uh more Australian brewers were perhaps trying to focus on beers like this get back to hey we we just try to focus on mm. you know making IPAs that are hoppy flavoursome and I, I instead of just trying think, to make stuff hazy for the sake of it I think they'll focus on whatever will make them money it's a difficult climate. Beer is still trend based. Mm. The, these aren't trendy anymore. Very much so in Australia. Mm. Yeah. The sales were all the rage not so long ago. I remember sales. Yeah. That was a good era. Yeah. Um, Gareth, what do you think? Um, it's definitely the biggest. Do I like I think I prefer the Melvin Melvin. I'm sorry, the, the Melvin La Ferrari. The mm. Ferrari La Melvin. The, the, the beer number one. Um, beer number two. Beer number two, sorry. Mm. Um, I mean, it's definitely tasty. It's delicious. I feel like just a, it's just a little bit too jam-packed. It feels a bit like they've they've put hops in for the sake of putting hops in. I don't know if it needs to be as big as it is. It's not unpleasant. That's what makes it a zipper, though. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's meant to be unpleasant. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like sucking a lemon, isn't it? Yeah. Enjoy it, damn it. <laughs> damn it, you're oh, eating oh, an onion. <laughs> damn it, I was going to do that exact joke. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Epic buff. Snoozy lose. Now let's have a nice glass of turnip juice. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your rating? Um, I think I'm four square. Four know? square. Yeah. Um, I debate this one. I, I actually agree with Paul here. I think it's 4.25. I would choose, choose to drink this over any of the other beers um, that I've had today. Would drink again, but not in the same session. No, oh, fuck no. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be alive. Uh, I think. I think. Whereas my criticism of the, the Melvin was that it felt imbalanced. I think this feels well balanced. I feel like they like there's the right syrup, sort of like uh, texture to it. God, I sound like a fucking beer snob. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there's the right sort of um, um, balance there, and I suppose that's what I was hoping for with the other one. Not not too syrupy. No. Which in that way, I think a lot of where a lot of people fall down when they do their imperial mm. IPAs, you drink them and it's yeah they taste for lack of a better word syrupy. So yeah, four point two five. So because I've given given a um, rating, that means we're at the end of this episode, and we have been the Brunswick Beer Collective, and we've had a very special guest, Gareth Humphreys, who hasn't been here in a while. This is true. Yeah, but, it's been a pleasure to uh, be back. The first um, time in a long time. Um, well, at least, you know, we've been trying to get a Kiwi from Wellington yeah. for a few years. Hi, Chris. I and mean, there was one living in Wellington, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we went for the one that... Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Travelled the world for Just three went for to go around the world twice. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we've been Paul Christoph. See you next time. 
And we've been Chris Shorten, and we'll talk to you all soon.